This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back to PTBN's NBA Team Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew Reich. I am joined by Adam Murray. Adam, we're just going to reconvene to do a little bit of uh, cleaning up before the holiday season starts sweeping everything away. We did have a few nice, not nice topics to talk about, but we had some juicy topics to talk about. Well, you know, we had decided to let's shut down for the rest of the year. Nice, quiet, everything. And then the Warriors have to go decide to vault up to the first place in the LVP standings, just uh, like so many self-inflicted wounds. It's completely mind boggling. Well, I mean, when you're saying this, are you kind of all, are you putting all of that on the mercurial Draymond green who did another swing at somebody where this time he actually connected on Yosef Nurkic and led to an indefinite suspension? Well, we 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 got that. We got Andrew Wiggins disappearing. He got benched in the most. Yeah, he got benched. You have a coach with a winning team who has yet to figure out a rotation with the addition of Chris Paul. And just the the, the thing about the Draymond escapade was not the complete lack of oh here we go again. The what are they gonna you know how are they gonna try to spin it this time? It, it was the fact Kerr had said. Oh, no, we need to make sure he's good as a person first. Like, so when even the coach isn't defending you, there's something really just off. I, I think, yeah, well, Kerr's part of it. I think Kerr's kind of sick of the shit, too, uh, when it comes to Draymond Green. It's odd, very, I mean, even even some people made mention of it on social media and some players even that that how tight he is with Steph Curry and that. When Curry doesn't play, he basically does everything he can to check out. And that was the game. That game happened to be a game where I believe Curry wasn't playing. So when uh, the Jazz game where he choked Gobert. So some people have this theory that you know it's Curry that's all. That's almost like he he's the one that's basically he's the last holdout. He's the only one holding back the Warriors from getting rid of him or trading him. And this might be a little bit of an acquiesce where it's like okay. Curry's Curry and Kerr, who are the last defendants of this guy, are just saying, "All right, we something's got to get done." I mean, but you also here's the thing, you know, it's like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You need him on that wall. Like he's a very good defensive player still, even though statistically on offense he's not always that valuable. Did you see that moment where Curry was trying to be the leader on defense and he's just screaming at all the other guys on the court? He he knows the window. He needs Draymond. Yeah. The window might have already closed and he's starting to realize it because we had mentioned, you know, next year, like Chris Paul's not coming back. Clay Thompson most likely will not be back. And Clay, Clay has good moments. Like he has some games where he's Clay like has four points or 30 points, but he's not a consistently great player. He's like not Kirk what he is. used to be. And yes. for them at this stage of the game, as we mentioned last week, to be out of the play in tournament altogether is just uh, you had no margin of error. You're only defensive guy kind of goes bonkers and is out of the league for the time being and you can't just afford these L's to pile up and they don't even have their first round pick this year yeah yeah and I mean they're forced now to play like 
Moses Moody and Brandon Pajemski. And I'm not saying those players are not deserving of the spot. It's just that, you know, they, 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 they are now in a position where they have to play those players. It shouldn't have been a problem because, well, these guys have been around for three years. Development is a problem. And they've developed none of them. And it's just, well, can Kaminga play? If Kaminga can play, then okay, we can. But it just creates this world of mess and they don't have pieces to trade because they went all in at Chris Paul. And their lack of size is starting to show. And age is starting to show and just the cracks are, you know, flex seal is not going to work on this right now. Yeah, they're, um, they're under 500, but they're, you know, like they're not completely out of the mix. In fact, the Suns, who was the team that they played when the last most recent Draymond is in and happened, they're actually at 13 and 12. They even played all three guys, uh, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. They lost the game. They lost to the former, <laughs> the former sons who played w- with that trade, which was Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and the Brooklyn Nets. But like, do you are you worried about the Suns at all? You you keep saying they're let's wait to see their final form. Let's wait to see something. That they're so fragile and well, Bradley Beal yeah, is need a couple games under their belt, and they're not. There's too early to say what are we getting, and the because as we saw with the Clippers with the James Harden thing, it took mm-hmm. a good five ten games for them. Yeah, to, now they're now they're on a tear. I think they've won six or seven games in a row. So they've got they look dangerous. Mm-hmm. John Morant should be back from Memphis. Yeah, who, he's he's, made, he's done the interview rounds, so that gives me the sense that he's ramping up his return, meaning going through workouts and practice to try to get his game shape back. So, yeah, he's getting ready for his return, correct? So I don't know if Memphis is going to go for a lost season route just to get... They're 6-17, and 17, I believe, they're, right now. They're, yeah, they're in 13th position with this highly competitive West. I don't know if you can gain all that spots to make a... Especially that, with Steven Adams out for the year and... Yeah, they had other injuries as well. Marcus Smart has been in and out with injuries. So it really, that's a two-man team with, with Morant being out. It's been Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. Like, if they play really well, they've got a shot. But, and defensively, they're actually still very good. Like, they're in the top 10 in defensive efficiency. Offensively, they're really bad. Desmond Bain is just completely on fire. Yeah, he had one where he, he has been went into the forties. Yes, yeah. So he's been, he's tried. Um, talking about very randomly awesome forty per point performances. Did you see Keegan Murray for the Sacramento H- hitting Kings? a Kings record number of threes in a row and twelve of fifteen from three, I believe, like forty seven points against the the Jazz. Like, I mean, we kind of, we had a lot of talk on the most recent episode when we talked about basement dwelling teams, and you know, and I mean, some things haven't changed. Uh, the Spurs did get a win on the Lakers on national television. The Wizards even got a win. The Detroit Pistons still have not. <laughs> uh, Detroit now. Will we what, what see do we? a Detroit win before the new year? I don't know who their schedule is, but I'm going to say it's kind I'll, of a I'll, long I'll tell it to you in a second. At Atlanta, Utah, at Brooklyn, then Brooklyn, it's like a home and home. At Boston, Toronto at home. No. Mm. no I, think, it, I think they'll beat Toronto. I Toronto is still one of those hit or miss teams. And we we're just going to say that nothing will happen to the trade deadline until Toronto does something. I don't see any team making a move. Mm-hmm before Toronto makes their move and all the pieces will fall quite quickly and after that's that. The Warriors might start doing some stuff too, right? But the Warriors don't really have anything to give cuz you're not going to give Kaminga or Moody. They've got Draymond's money. Now does somebody want Draymond? I don't know. If someone has to take. No. And 
let's just so you had mentioned Detroit and if they're going to win. Do you think Troy Weaver survives the year? Uh the year, yes, but I think at the end of the regular season. Because Monty's going nowhere. Monty but even remember the Detroit Pistons front office is very weirdly uh, like set up where they have like other like presidents and stuff. Like you mentioned Weaver, who's sort of the the the, the GM, the head there, but there's also um Arm Tellum, right? Mm-hmm. Uh there's John Beeline in there somehow. They had to move Dwayne Casey to the offices because he had a contract, but they didn't want to terminate the deal. So they gave him like an office job instead of being a head coach. It's very it's just a very weird setup there. Um you have Monty Williams. Say. Monty's like, I'm still trying to figure out this roster. I don't know what my players can do yet. That's understandable. But mm-hmm. like you watch them, they just look bad. They look like they don't want to be on the court. They look like they don't have any chemistry. Everything they have is completely gone. And they have money. They have picks that they've they spent some money, you know, in the in the they really they just kept Stewart. Mm-hmm. You gave Bagley the deal, who, unfortunately, he's sort of, well, he keeps getting injured. And he, I thought they're, and, and they're two, their most recent two, like, top picks. Asar Thompson's going to wind up being a good player. Jaden Ivey is a weird situation where he clearly doesn't have a good relationship with the head coach. Who's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, it, everyone's confused why he's on the bench and why his minutes have dropped and why you're right. putting Killian Hayes in, who mm-hmm. isn't doing anything, and... We we mention all the time if you have ten pick and it fails, it doesn't do well. It really sets you back a lot. And I, I can't imagine you're going to keep Monty Williams. You're not going to get rid of him. No, so yeah, of course he's you like ha- you have to. St- contract, you either but... have to have Troy Weaver give him the pieces he wants, or I don't know. Like just they're just historically bad. Like it's you watch them and it's you yeah, assume the record... they'll get. They showed the record of losing streaks. Uh, the record is the 2011 Cavs, which is the year after LeBron departed, and they didn't get any value in return. And that was, I think that's a 26 or 28 game losing streak. I want to say the Detroit Pistons right now are at 22. So they're they're knocking on the door. Like, they're knocking on the door in futility. Um, the Spurs are still really bad, even though <laughs> when I LeBron left, they were terrible. And well, yeah, but here's Blake... the thing. When when they left, they had nothing left behind. Like it, yeah. it was And when Blake Griffin left, the Detroit got bad and they have <laughs> nothing left behind and have done nothing. So it's and then like you just hear the front office like, well, we're going to you know, we're going to hold on to Bogdanovich for a bit and see what like. No, just I don't want to say sell for low value. You're not going to get a big haul for any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Why not just spend time? trying to get pieces that fit as opposed to trying to win the deal or get the home run. Let me ask you this. This is a team that played Detroit and Washington. They beat Detroit, of course, but they lost to Washington, who hadn't won a game in like a, a month. The Pacers, are you worried about them? No, because you had mentioned they don't play defense, which they don't. And lost three of their last four. If you just have a bad game and they, they put all their energy into the, the, the tournament and mm-hmm. obviously – you know they're going to be another Buddy Heald's going to be moved because he's not a long-term. So solution. it's not worrying when a team gives up sixty-four points to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. They they give up tons of points to everybody. They do. They are, they're they're, just, they're a sieve on defense. They're just the only, an, the only time they play defense is when they got the game ball from Giannis after the game. <laughs> you want my hot take on that game ball thing? 
that was really shitty of the Pacers. They should have just given it to him. Who cares? People are like, well, Giannis overreacted over And it's like, no, no, no. Giannis overreacted because that's one of those unwritten rule things where th- if nobody ever breaks the rule and the moment someone does, like, it goes sideways. You know, it's funny for... That's their equipment. You know, like, if I'm in the YMCA and I take their ball and go home, I'm getting some dirty looks, okay? For a team who just added Dame Lillard... Oh, Oh, They've okay. really become this. I don't want to say they're not unraveling, but they're just sort of a tad bit like not unhinged, just sort of little, little. There's more drama than there. I think there ever used to be on that team. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, remember, he was the guy in Portland and everything was in. You don't hear anything about him at all in Milwaukee. Like he's yes, he's doing his numbers. Yes, he's doing great. Yes, he's statistically kind of where he's been. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, his, he's not going to get as many shots as he did. He's not taking. He's not the. Oh yeah, what was it? The the Giannis game. Didn't he have more free throws than the entire Pacers? Mm-hmm. He had thirty two, and did the Pacers as a team have his 32? field goal like, percentage this... is so insanely high. But it's just the the discrepancy of the free throw. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to get into the... We had a game... Didn't we have a game recently where Joel Embiid got 19? 19 Um, free throws. Yes. Uh, But I think Giannis was 32. I think he went 20 for 32. That's a lot of free throws, dude. (laughs) It's it's a lot of free throws. Then you have that one ref in Chicago who threw out Jokic just for for yelling at him. That was incredibly short-sighted by the referee. Incredibly short. I know that there's a lot of referee discourse because of that. I mean, we don't we're not an NFL podcast, but we had that game where the the referee clearly fucked up an offside call for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, the superstar for the Chiefs, absolutely lit him up like a Christmas tree. But like that, no, and then bullshit. and then everyone sided with the refs. It's like he was clearly offsides. All he had to do is look at the ball and see he's offsides. Mm-hmm. And then you know, when like, you look like, at Nikola Jokic, like that's uh, that's somewhere he just lipped off for one moment. Like that's just give, give him a tech and you move on. You don't throw him out of the game. That's like when Rasheed Wallace with Joe Crawford, where he just stared at him and he tech and he teched him because he thought he was trying to intimidate. Like him. refereeing is already a hard job. You don't need somebody on your team, or the team of you know the global refs, to to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, and we still got a few in there like Billy Kennedy. I, Billy Kennedy's got such a soothe, soothing voice when he does the uh, replay review. <laughs> but we still got some of the older guys. But, I mean, you're right. Like, they have to usher in a new generation. Scott Foster's not going to be there forever. Uh, ben Salvatore, the, the aforementioned Joe Crawford. Um, Dick uh, – oh, God, what was the other guy's name? Dick uh, – uh, uh, whatever, like they're gone. They, the ones who were like legendary referees that everybody knew for the last 20 years, their, their history. So yeah, you're going to see some missed calls, but the referees that get their feelings hurt that easily. I mean, come on now. Or have missed calls, call it really tight, call it evenly bad and call it evenly good. Call it evenly bad. Just don't, nobody wants to see you. Yeah. We I just remember it. It was a uh, Dick Pavetta. Dick Pavetta was the other one. Okay. <laughs> it was gonna bother me forever. The the West, you know, the standings kind of look the same. Where it's like it's the Wolves and the Thunder. Well, we uh, we Carl, don't... Ta- Carl yeah, Towns nothing... had his best game so far this season. Earlier this past weekend, so uh, nothing's changing with the standings. This is just we're we're just continuing on, and 
as except for the Clippers like, creeping into playoff mode, like they're now in the safe zone because just like record. last week, four games separate two from from ten. The Rockets are still hanging around. The Pelicans look good. They, they, you know, I um I, I'm always cautiously optimistic with New Orleans, but Zion's playing, and I think he took it to heart with all the fast so, stuff from. So Steven here we go. What does what does New Orleans do now? We know this you team is not a championship roster. team. Yeah, but you play your roster out for the season. Yeah, but what do you do going forward? You have do you not see how healthy. much desire there is really for Zion and Brandon Ingram because Ingram's going into the last year of like he's got one year after this. So who would you keep of the two? Uh, I would keep Ingram because he's a steadier pay, he's like a steadier player. Whereas with with Zion, you can hit hires, but your lows are low. Because you might not have him at all, and if, even if he plays and he's not he's not committed to conditioning, then you're going to get a really – you are not going to get the player that you always wanted. And then if you get to the playoffs, he's not going to take that step. He, he's not going to take that extra step. The the only time Ingram has ever played like almost a full season is his rookie year. Mm-hmm. He averages like 40, 50 games. Well, also the year, um, the year that they went to the playoffs when Zion sat – um, after they won the play-in, he played most of that season, uh, 2022. He played most of that one. Like, but yeah, getting, you're right. You're getting Ingram. He's not <laughs> you're getting half a season for Ingram and, and Zion. So, well, Zion, he's been healthy thus far, which I think is kind of encouraging. Ingram, Ingram in terms of his offensive approach, reminds me a lot of Shea. I, he's not as efficient as Shea because like Brandon Ingram will have games where he scores like 16 points or nine points. Shea Gilgis Alexander on his worst day gets what 17 or 18 points. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's a machine as well, but like Ingram is a steady guy. He, he reminds me of the way that he plays in terms of his mid range shot, his ability to always seem to find his, find his like an open spot uh, in the, on the court regard, depending on how the defense plays him. He's also good defensively. I just, I just like him more than Zion. If you're looking at long-term plans, I'm some people would disagree. Some people would say Zion's the guy you have to go with because his ceiling is higher. And he's also but, younger. Yeah. But physically is how much longer can you keep going at that, you know, at that pace? Like you, you're going to have to find a way to get on a good, good. The thing that pisses me off is that I know what the end game is going to be. He's going to wind up being traded to another team. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder and then he's going to get it in shape. He's going to look like the guy in 2019 at Duke. That's what I'm afraid of with Sion. Because he won't be a Pelican when it happens. And I don't want that to happen. But I, I don't know. I just kind of I think that they... I think they're good, though. Like, I think they're they're on a decent little streak, even though they look sloppy in the tournament. Um, uh, the, the tournament the, I, is I just sort of... A... Make, I think they're going to make the play-in, at least. I don't think they're going to be out of the mix completely. Like, the Warriors are at a risk of being completely out of so do you think the Warriors – well, a lot of people are sort of writing the Warriors off, and that will be the, the chip they need to have moving forward. It depends on the Rockets. The Rockets are the fly in the ointment. They're the team that no one thought would have a winning record in the West. So if they start dropping out, then you might see the Warriors sneak back in it. But if you're looking at the numbers – I mean, I'm looking at these teams, Adam. Lakers, Pelicans, Suns, Clippers, Kings, Nuggets, Mavericks, Thunder, Wolves – they are not budging from their spots. These are winning teams. They are. It is. I also will still say, let's just wait to the trade deadline and see who does what, who panics, what move Dallas or the Lakers or 
Well, Dallas is in a weird spot because Kyrie Irving, they called it a foot contusion. Some people thought he broke his ankle. If, when, if he comes back soon, I think they'll be okay. Luka Doncic is still getting like 40-point triple doubles. You know, so no one should be worried about that. Uh, the East is kind of boring. Joel Embiid is so dominant that he doesn't even have to play the fourth quarter of games. Unfortunately, in the East, if you're scheduled against the Hornet, not the yeah, the, the Hornets or yeah, the, 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 the Wizards or the yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're they're so like incredibly bad. Where you, I think Milwaukee was up by like fifteen or twenty on Detroit after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were up 23 playing with his kids on, at, at, on the side on court side. He was doing like daycare instead of actually playing. So uh, that's the problem with the East is we can't you have Chicago who everyone's like, well, you have to blow it up. You have Toronto. Everyone's like, you have to blow it up. Atlanta. Everyone's like, you guys are just kind of a wet, soggy bag. And no, yeah. you're not. You need to kind of do something, but your roster is too expensive. Here's the difference in that in that trio of teams that are on the edge of maybe reshaping the entire team between Chicago, Toronto and Atlanta. If you look at the you look at the arrangement of the play in, someone's going to make it. So it, they might have to pump the brakes on that uh, well, uh, in terms with, of blowing it off. What you have with Atlanta is you Trey Young is playing better. You fired so many coaches, and now it's Quinn Snyder, and you have the exact same mediocrity. Like you have to. And what are those red glasses that he's wearing? What is that? I I don't know, but he looks like I, Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be time that they have to start shaking up the roster because you can't keep having this C minus every year. They're 28th for... in defense. Like they have some numbers where I look at them and I'm like, is that a real number? Like a, they had a Raptor game where the final score was 135 to 128. And that's the yeah. problem with the Raptors is the Raptors one day will play real hard and the next day just lay an egg. They're so inconsistent mm-hmm. and they don't they... need to blow up the team. I think they just sort of need to pick. Do you want a newbie or a Siakam? Mm hmm. I think who would well, who would you rather keep of the two? Ananobi because he's younger. See, I'd rather have Pascal because he's he's a more complete offensive player. He's a complete offensive player, and you have Scotty Barnes. Barnes is gonna get rookie max. Period. End of story. Yeah. Who can slide over and take a newbie spot, and mm-hmm. you have Gary Trent Jr. there who. You, and you they'll, have they'll probably have draft capital, and they do draft well. You know, they, they, they usually hit the mark when it comes to the only one that didn't really hit was Malachi Flynn, but they usually, they do a good job there. So I have, I have trust in Osiris Jerry, uh, to find a good pick in the 2024 draft for sure. Um, if they have their pick, I know, I think it's, isn't it tied to the Spurs? It's tied to somebody and it has to be, we, we mentioned the previous, I think it's either top seven or top 10 and they'll get it. Um, They'll find a way to keep it. <laughs> the Cavaliers, it's an asterisk because Evan Mobley got knee surgery and he's going to be out for a while. Then Darius Garland breaks his jaw. So that team is in the mash unit, but they're still going to play hard. They got Donovan Mitchell. They got Jared Allen. They have a decent bench who has been who have played for Cleveland for a while under Bickerstaff. I think they're going to do just fine. Uh, they're just not going to be as good uh, as we expected going into. The, I don't think they're going to drop out. Of the like the East standings, I don't think they're going to bottom out. Is what I'm trying to say. No, and um, I don't know anything else you want to. Um, I know we, we had Jalen Brunson on. is hot again, but their Knicks are just 
they're there. They're not every every year. Nick's like, well, this will be the year they put on that second gear, and it's just like I think you have Randall and and uh, ugh, I want to say RJ, RJ Hampton. Yeah, RJ Barrett. Like, well, Mitchell Robinson's out too. So Mitchell Robinson, but they're just, the team is who they are. They're good, and you, you see quickly is getting his minutes cut, and it's strange. Yeah, he had an injury too. So, um, uh, Bam Adebayo, are you worried about him being out indefinitely with a hip injury? No, because Tyler being out with the ankle. No, because this is a time Miami always falters. And Hawkins is playing great. If this is if this was March, be worried. But now, yeah, they sort of hover around the the nine. You know, they could go down because there's so many bad teams. You could drop down a few positions, and you're completely fine. Um, and just uh, just a couple other randoms. Uh, any memories about the late George McGinnis who passed away? No, no. He, I remember he played for the Pacers in the ABA. You know, he was a he was a guy who was a star in the seventies, the late seventies, when not a lot of people were watching NBA basketball. But he was very well remembered by kind of like the older heads and like the Hall of Famers and the NBA and the Dream Team guys. Like those are the people that idolized uh, George McGinnis. And let me ask you this: when when the Wizards moved to Virginia, do you think they should change the name? Why? I'm just curious. No. No, you the the Virginia Wizards. Because they're they're only moving like five ten miles. Yeah, yeah, but knowing knowing the governor there, they're gonna change. They're gonna want the name changed. I, I, I just go back to the Squires, like in the ABA days. I, I doubt there'll be a. I'm saying huge... this because it was announced that um the that Washington is going to leave the D.C. area because they didn't get a new arena approved, so they're going to get one approved in Virginia. Well, yeah, because there's there's no land left in D.C., so you ha- all you have left is just renovating the arena. So right, the, but well, it was like, all it was called the MCI Center, then it was the Verizon Center. I don't know what it's called now, but uh, yeah, whatever corporate one. sponsor of the month, right? Is, correct. And, but uh, yeah, they're um, gonna get a new arena in Virginia. I think they should just change the name, just for fun. To why? For fun. <laughs> is there any other name? I mean, there's like we could go with some animal. You know, the Bobcats didn't work. So so then why are the Detroit Pistons the Detroit Pistons when they play in Auburn Hills? When they play in Auburn Hills. Like, well, why are the Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys when they play in uh, Arlington? They should, well, we're not going to get Arlington football Cowboys. Is, football is a whole <laughs> separate thing as they, they play. It's um, like when they um, it's like when they were thinking about um, I don't know if you remember this, but when um, the, once upon a time, the Saints were actually the they were the Saints ownership was actually thinking about possibly trying to get a new stadium built, but it would be over the water on the Crescent City connection, so it would actually be in the West Bank. So, like, what would they be, the Marrero Saints? <laughs> you know, I mean, we could just go with the Giants and the Jets to just wrap up location and arenas and i mean yeah locations get all mixed up but because of like proximity and stuff but i think in this case there's like hurt feelings i think there are like legitimately hurt feelings. i don't know if it's like to the level like all these oakland teams going to las vegas like that's a good idea maybe the warriors could go to las vegas then oakland could just have no teams well the warriors are in San Francisco now. We are, but in the Chase Center, but like, <laughs> like poor Oakland, man. You, I mean, I understand that the civilians don't want to vote for new arena. Well, for that's at some taxes, point you feel bad, like, but at some point you have every team left. You, yeah, the, the athletics were the last holdout and they're gone. So 
at some point the the FB like you know the city like Seattle is like oh yeah we don't want an arena well we kind of miss our we miss our teams well that's what you people vote their turnout for. is good they have that they have that famous pro am game that Jamal Crawford hosts I just saw a game between Gonzaga and UConn at the Climate Pledge Arena Seattle deserves an NBA franchise I know we've harped about this forever on this show but I do agree with the masses I think Seattle should get another team should it be a relocated team I don't know but I do think they need one well, I know their heart I know their hearts are set talk about the NBA their hearts are set on Las Vegas they want a Las Vegas franchise yeah they'll be Las Vegas and they'll be Seattle and Memphis will move to the east mm-hmm. now that he's playing in college do you think Brody James will get that first round pick to try to guarantee that LeBron will go there no you don't believe that story no, because uh, I've watched him now. I don't think he's first round talent. He's played one game in eight minutes. He, I've watched him. He is not first round talent. Well, why would you after one game and you just had a major? <laughs> I watched medical... Darius Garland for three games at Vanderbilt, and I knew he was a star. Sometimes it takes only one game, Adam. All right, all right, all right. Well, whatever. Well, anyways, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll we'll be back for the new year. We yeah, we'll, did our predictions we'll last here, episode, um, so we don't we, need to go we through. We talked it about and... the Christmas episodes last week, uh, the Christmas games last season. So I don't think we have to reharp that, but yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Draymond Green, if he punches anybody else, we'll um we'll do. Well, at least show. we don't have that drama for the next episode. <laughs> All right. So for Andrew Reish, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.